0: And that moment actually got me thinking, is this really the way we should treat horses? Is this the only way we can train them? Aren't there like different ways and and just, you know, give it your best and have fun. I think a happy human also means a, a happy horse in many cases, if you're truly happy. So you really have to make sure to find the right people to listen to and don't just listen to one person because everybody else does or don't listen to a trainer because he has a high level dressage or whatever, but really try to figure out, okay, why does this trainer do this and why does it work and how does the horse feel? And
1: Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a happy, light and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication so you can have more fun and fulfilment whilst prioritising partnership with your horse. Want to find out my horse training philosophy? Access the free Connection and Communication mini course at amaliadempsey.com. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Welcome to episode 14 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, and in this episode, I interview Nikki Vandersluis, aka Nikki's Horsemanship the one that you've all been waiting for. I've had many requests to interview Nikki on the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. And if you haven't heard of her, Nikki is 33 years old and is a dutchie that now lives in Spain. She didn't come from a horsey family, yet her interest in horses started when she was just a little girl. From riding lessons at traditional riding schools to bareback and bridleless beach rides, her horsemanship has gone through a massive change over all those years. Nikki is currently the proud owner of two Spanish boys, a stallion and a gelding, and nowadays love, patience, understanding, and trust are the foundation for everything that she does with them. Liberty is her favorite thing in the world, together with hacking out, so she can't wait to start those adventures with her boys. In this episode, we discuss Nikki's entire journey into horses and horsemanship, her experience with Pirelli Natural Horsemanship, surprising fun facts about Nikki you won't find anywhere else, like her non-horsey job and what she does for fitness, who has influenced and mentored her over the years, the real personalities of her horses, Makayo and Alune, how she maintains and continues to work on her good energy, why she doesn't compete her horses, her views on negative and positive reinforcement, the bits versus bitless, never-ending debate, advice on seeking a horsemanship trainer, embracing being yourself and not comparing yourself to others, why she doesn't really like horse books, and her ultimate dream with horses, plus so much more. I know you're going to love this episode. What I love about Nikki is that she is very honest and humble despite her wealth of knowledge and experience. She has a very balanced view on horses and training and is happy to share her uncensored thoughts. Nikki has a beautiful energy with a positive outlook on life. I absolutely love talking with Nikki and I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome Nikki to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'm super excited because I've been following you for such a long time on Instagram. I am a self-confessed fangirl of yours, so I'm just super excited about today's chat. And I really just want to jump in straight away and ask you how you first got started with horses, um, when you got into horses, what your horsemanship journey has been to date, and what has led you to where you are today?
0: Okay. So, um... It's a long story. I started horses when I was, my gosh, I think three, four years old, very small. Um, my mom took me to uh, riding school and I I always wanted to ride the most wild pony. <laughs> so I always ended up on the floor or on the fence or I fell off many, many times. Um, and when I think I turned six or seven something very young my parents thought it was a good idea to buy me my own pony uh which was a, a untrained stallion foal oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah my parents didn't know a lot about horses obviously and they thought oh this one is young and cute and they can grow up together uh, yeah it didn't work out very well because I had no experience I was a child still they had no experience and the horse had no experience <laughs> so we were all like question marks running around each other um, so that horse didn't stay with me very long then I got a different pony um, and I think when I was around 12 something I started riding Western I had my pony at the Western livery yard nice um, and I was like full into bits and spurs and draw reins and side reins and oh well wow. everything how, that how old were you then uh, 10 11 12 oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and my pony had a stable If I think about it now, it breaks my heart. She had a stable so small that I had to put her in backwards. Oh my around. Yeah, it was awful. Anyway, it was very normal for me back then because I didn't know any different. Yeah. Um, Everybody did those things, you know, the livery yards were just like that. And I, I thought, okay, it's like this. And then I think when I was 12 or something, there was um, a demonstration from a very high level Western rider. Mm-hmm. And it all looked super impressive. And it was like, when you looked at it, it was like, oh my God, wow, amazing. I want to do that too in the future. And I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. And then after the demonstration, I went to see the horse. It was in the stable um, and it had like blood on, on the flanks from the spurs. And I thought, huh, what? Okay, that's, that's not really, that's weird. And that moment actually got me thinking, is this really the way we should treat horses? Is this the only way we can train them? Aren't there like different ways? And I just, I didn't know anything about natural horsemanship or anything. I just thought maybe there's something else out there because I felt so uncomfortable seeing that horse with blood from a demonstration. It was just, it was shocking, Mm -hmm. but apparently I was the only one who, who thought like that because people were passing by the stable all all the time and nobody said anything and it just made me think okay there has to be some other way but you know I was 12 I didn't have any other (laughs) context in that more natural world or anything so it just it was a thought but I didn't really do anything with it Mm -hmm. until I don't know exactly what age I was but I think I was 12 or 13, and then my parents separated and um, I had to give up my pony. And then I wasn't into horses for a very long time. I just dropped the whole thing because I was so confused about everything. And I went to, I think I was 18 or 19, and I went to a riding school once just to have the feeling again to ride horses. But it was just sad. It Just everything that I used to enjoy with horses was just making me miserable because I went to this riding school and then this, this horse was waiting in the stable with tech and everything on. Mm-hmm. We just had to go into the indoor school right behind each other. And then the instructor would say, kick him to go, pull him to stop everything. And at the end of the lesson, I was in tears and I was like, no, mm-mm. no, this is not, this is not for me anymore. I used to love this, but no, it, fe- it just felt wrong. And then I, um, because I I didn't have a horse then, I wasn't doing anything with horses, but I just um, Googled a little bit about different ways with horses. And then I got very interested in how the native Indians did it back then, because you always see this bareback adventures. And I thought maybe they (laughs) had a nicer way with horses. Yeah. And I got one way or the other, I don't know exactly. I got... um, into Pirelli, reading about that. And I saw some videos on YouTube with like bareback bridalist riding and liberty work. And I thought, oh, this looks great. Mm -hmm. Um, I ordered the book, (laughs) the Pirelli (laughs) book. I don't even remember the name, but the one with the blue front. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Um, And then I read all about it. I still didn't have horses, but I thought if I ever get into horses again, I want to do it something like this. I want to have a different way with them. Um and I want to do it in a more natural way. And anyway, a few years later, um I met my now ex-boyfriend and he has a farm with a lot of space. And I mentioned that, you know, I used to be into horses and but I couldn't find my way anymore with them. And he said, why don't you buy a horse and just put him here? I mean we have all the space. And then I thought, hmm. You know <laughs> <that sounds interesting. laughs> but i knew that i couldn't have one horse and he had a shetland pony so i ended up buying one horse and then buying another horse so they were like the three of them were friends could be friends mm-hmm. um and i went to see najib he is a quarter horse arabian mix quad up i think it's called mm-hmm. and he was a rescue and when I, and his, his nickname was the little devil. And when I went there to see him, he bit me, I think three times, very hard in my arm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> massive bruises on my arm. That was the first time I went to see him. Um, but still I was like, yes, this is my horse. I'm going to get him. Wow. <laughs> Why did so he bite you? I don't know what what his previous training was, but I was just okay. standing there doing nothing. <laughs> oh no you still wanted him
1: you still fell in love anyway (laughs) yes I it was
0: just his I don't know there was something about him that made me go yes I want to I want to go on this adventure with you um it was a horrible beginning because the only thing I knew about Pirelli I had this book but of course it's like reading a book and then standing with your horse. It's two completely different things it has like basically nothing in common because the book says your your horse will respond in this way and then the horse does something completely different and then you're stuck right away (laughs) yeah so i thought i knew because i read the book and i was like yeah i know this i can i can handle it um i think i i only cried for the first three months (laughs) because (laughs) i couldn't even get near him as soon as i entered the pasture all he did was turn around with his butt towards me and he would threaten to kick me And I was standing there with my halter and all my good ideas and my good intentions. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) Um, how how do I fix this? So I Googled again and then I came, I ran into the Natural Horsemanship Forum in Holland. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of like Pirelli instructors on there and other sorts of instructors, but also a lot of students. And I just opened the topic and I said, I bought a horse. I cannot come near him. What do I do mm-hmm. and then um, someone reached out to me she was not an official Pirelli instructor but she went to Colorado and everything and she did a lot of courses mm-hmm. and she said I can come to help um, we can have some lessons and I was like okay awesome let's do it mm-hmm. so she came um, I think two and a half hours later she said I'm very sorry but I think you should Get like a five star Pirelli instructor or something. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because Rich, for those people listening. Five star in Pirelli world is like the top level instructor. It takes yeah. a long time to get to that kind of stage. But anyway, uh, carry on. <laughs>
0: yeah, we th- there was it was just impossible to get the halter on. We were still at that phase of like approaching him in the field, and he was just saying no, 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 I'm not interested. No, go away. And and she said, Okay, you have to get someone out there who's like very experienced. And I said, No, please help me <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know where to get someone like that, and it's probably going to cost me a fortune. Please, please fix it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so at least we can have the halter on. You know, I couldn't even get a fat or a farrier or anything near him. Mm-hmm. And so she continued, and eventually he had a halter on and she said i never say this but please don't take it off <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave it on so that was the beginning of uh of our journey um and after that i just kept having lessons like i i invested a lot of time and a lot of money into lessons and workshops and clinics and i went to five day camps with him and i spent a lot of my time and effort and money into learning as much as I could and the good thing about this horse was that everything new was a struggle like everything that I introduced to him mm-hmm. he had some sort of bad memory uh, the saddle pad the saddle the trailer the side pool like everything was okay how am I gonna fix this so I learned a lot
1: <laughs> I I love how you said that that's a good thing that everything because I'm like yes of course it's a good thing because you can learn more but yeah other people would think that that's a nightmare but carry on
0: (laughs) yeah no it was I mean of course sometimes I thought what did I get myself into I knew nothing about this whole new journey and I got myself a very challenging horse Um, but in the end it was the best thing ever because he made me learn basically, well, I think 90% of what I know now. Yeah. Um, and he was also, he still is. I, I talk about him like he's not here anymore, but he still is. He's just no longer with me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very left-brain extrovert, very bored easily. So I had to be super creative and yeah. and well, eventually it took a lot of tears. <laughs> <laughs> Took a lot of hitting myself in the face with a carrot stick and <laughs> and getting completely tangled up in the lasso and long ropes and oh, yeah. <laughs> standing there in the pouring rain trying to get my horse backwards and <laughs> <laughs> like everything was a was a challenge, but eventually we would ride on the beach bareback, bridleless. Um, I did. All the amazing things that I saw other people do, I did them with him. We did Liberty on the beach. Um, I eventually got to my level four online, freestyle, Liberty, you know, the Pirelli things. The yes. only thing I didn't I didn't get yet is the Finesse one because that was with a bit and we never got to that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's where my whole natural horsemanship journey started. And then after him or after him at the same time as him I got Yairo, a green horse that I started myself and I went to France to be a working student and (laughs) I came home with a horse (laughs) which was not not the idea but you know life just happens. So eventually I had three and we, we did all sorts of amazing things. I always took them on trail rides and and uh, we even did some demonstrations on a horsemanship event in Holland, mm-hmm. which I died on. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to do that ever again because what? the pressure from the audience. so oh, God, yeah, it was... Oh, I don't do very well when other people watch me. So, you know, okay. going to give a demonstration where a lot of people watch you.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was a there's a lot of pressure.
0: <laughs> yes. And then... Um, Well, then my entire life changed. Um, I split up with my now ex-boyfriend. We moved, and me and my now boyfriend. (laughs) We moved to Spain. Uh, And when we moved to Spain, I had of course the option to take the horses with me, but we moved to Valencia because of job opportunity for him, long story. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find any proper, like, more natural stable paddock paradise nothing Mm -hmm. um it's very common in spain still to have horses 24 7 in the stable and i just didn't want to give that life to them just because i wanted to keep them it felt very selfish so i decided to find them new humans in holland which was heartbreaking but they all ended up good (laughs) so i'm very happy about that i still i'm still in touch with the new owners of all three of them and um and then I had a life in Spain with no horses, and that was not very good for me. <laughs> I really missed yeah. it. And um, so, yeah, we moved from Valencia to Malaga, which is a more horse orientated place, and I, I found more natural stables. And then I thought the opportunity just presented itself to get myself a horse again, which is almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I got Macayo.
1: Yes. And um,
0: yeah, <laughs> it was like my. I saw him, and I mean, I didn't even see any other horses. I just i, I saw his ad. I saw the horse, and I was like, "Yeah, he's mine." <laughs> I love <laughs> it. It was very well organized. I mean, I didn't usually you go to see like different horses and then you choose. But it was like, "No, this is him." <laughs> yeah. Just load him up and go. And um, yeah, we we. Well, eventually we did a lot of things, but we moved from Malaga to Cadiz, and in Cadiz we had, oh, well, we still have a, a home with our own land, and of course I don't want to keep one horse, so a year ago I got Eloné to mm-hmm. keep Macayo company, and now it's the two of them. Um, and yeah, I'm still like my whole horsemanship style has changed a lot over the years. Um, I'm no longer a, like a full-on Pirelli student I owe Pirelli a lot because I learned a lot from them Uh, over the years I just made it more my own thing I also use a lot of positive reinforcement and I mix it with a lot of different things that just feel good or that I like from someone else or so yeah that's been my my journey (laughs) it's quite a long story wow what a journey though
1: it's amazing And I think a lot of people do kind of start in Pirelli, I guess, because it's probably one of the most well-known methods or programs in the world. Um, But it's been so nice watching your evolution over time. I think when I first started following you, you were kind of just getting not out of Pirelli, but you were kind of more owning your own style, which is really cool to watch. Um, And what about now? What does a day in the life of Nikki look like now?
0: Um. Yeah, my daily life is is completely different than what people expect me to have. (laughs) But I wake up, I go to the gym. (laughs) Um, Of course, I feed my horses and everything. That's what I do first. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a very short visit in the morning. Then I go to the gym. When I get back, I check my horses. Okay, they're still fine. And then I just sit behind my laptop all day because I'm actually an online marketeer um So I work from home. I work for two Dutch companies, and I run their social media and their email marketing and their ambassador team, everything. And I I just have a, a well, not a normal job because I work from home, but well, in these days, it's yeah. almost normal to work from home. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, when I'm finished uh, with everything, I go out of my house, and then um, I train my horses, and that's basically my Monday to Friday life mm-hmm. I walk the dog and things like that and then in the weekend it's the same I don't have a very spectacular social life because yeah uh, we have this COVID problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> which makes it a bit more challenging but also we moved to Calais a few months before this whole COVID thing started so we haven't really met a lot of people yet and um, I have a few friends but they all live very far mm-hmm. so um, it's a lot of um, of campo life in Spain with my horses and with my boyfriend and um, every now and then I I go out with a friend but I'm very uh, a, a home loving person.
1: <laughs> yes a homebody we call it I don't know if that's a thing in Spain. Do you, call um, it, do you say homebody? No i never heard it before. No. <laughs> Or maybe that's something I just made up. (laughs) It sounds nice. I know what (laughs) you're saying. And um, what else are you interested in outside of horses? I know, obviously, you you must have an interest in social media and marketing, given that's what your job is. But is there anything else outside of horses that you're into?
0: Uh, Yes, I'm very much into doing CrossFit. (laughs) Ah. I really love going to the gym. It's like the opposite of me when I'm with horses.
1: Yeah, I did not know that about you. No, I'm very,
0: um, I'm also very fanatic. Like (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those people you see in the gym completely dying and I'm always like, like red, almost purple, drowning in sweat and then screaming to get myself through the workouts. Um, I'm very hardcore in the gym yeah
1: (laughs) yeah there you go so are you would you say you're an extroverted personality or what do you think um
0: I'm both I'm very extroverted when I feel comfortable around people but that that takes a long while and it's only a select group of people that I feel very comfortable around Yes. but usually when I go to like the gym for instance for the first time I'm the person that's like in the corner very quiet <laughs> uh,
1: okay. yeah. then I'm very
0: introverted I'm not very good with big groups or with new situations or new jobs for instance or mm-hmm. like when I now I work from home but I used to work at the office and then the first day my manager would ask me to stand up and then introduce myself to everybody oh those were the moments that I was just wish i wasn't there <laughs> yeah it can be okay. I hate that. so yeah i'm a bit of both i can be very extroverted very energetic and clown like but i can also be extremely shy and timid and introverted
1: yeah hmm i would love to see more crossfit on your instagram
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i did have a separate crossfit uh, instagram Odd. Oh! But- I decided to just stop with that because it, it was just too much. I already yeah. have all these Instagram accounts to run for my work and then I have my horsemanship one and I thought, yeah, it's enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have some things private as well, I guess. Yeah, true. So going back to the horses, who were or are your biggest mentors with horses? Obviously, you've spoken about the Pirelli program, but there are, are there any individuals that have influenced you over the years?
0: Um, well, I think I owe a lot to my, in Holland, in in Holland, yeah, in holland instructor, Mm -hmm. Anna de Winter. Mm -hmm. I I don't think she still is a Pirelli instructor. Um, but after I tried a few different instructors in Holland, I, I just, I stuck with her and she's just, she's a Pirelli instructor, but she's also very open-minded about different things. And, um, I learned a lot from her because I could share all my all my struggles with her. And she just showed me like different ways in different directions. And she could always answer all my questions in such a good way that I was like, oh, ah, yeah, it makes sense now. Because when you're new to anything, well, yeah, anything, basically, yeah. a lot of things just don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, OK, I do this. But I'm 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 like a person who wants to know why I do this. you can tell me you have to send your horse backwards and i'm like okay but why and why in this way and why do i stop here and why and why why i know i'm extremely annoying yeah (laughs) i just wanna wanna learn um and and it's she's not like a famous person she doesn't even have social media or anything Or, or well maybe she has a private facebook but she doesn't have like a uh an instagram where she shows everything but Uh, yeah she she really was my mentor through everything and I shared many tears with her of happiness but also of frustration and she um she guided me all the way through and yeah um I think she's my she was my biggest um mentor throughout the whole journey
1: Mm. and what about now have you got a mentor now or or your horses your mentors (laughs)
0: Honestly, yes. My horses are (laughs) are my mentors. I mean, of course, I follow a lot of accounts on Instagram that give me inspiration and everything. Um, But what I learned throughout the years is that, you know, something can work very good for that person and for that horse, but it can work completely different for for me and for my horses. So I just, I spend a lot of time just watching my horses. And it makes me learn a lot about their personality, but also about what they need, um, how they interact with each other and also how can I interact with them in a similar way and how can I motivate motivate them to play for instance like they do with each other. So yeah, I would say it's it's maybe it's very silly, but my horses are my biggest mentors right now.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's silly at all. A lot of people do say that. Um and you've already touched a little bit on Makayo and is it Elune? Is that how you say it? Elune. Elune. Yeah, a lot of people El- think it's Eluni. Actually, I yeah, I read it as Eluni. That. <laughs> yeah, it's Elune. <laughs> Elune. Elune. It sounds funny with an Australian accent. <laughs> no, it sounds cute. I love the accent. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about um, each of your horses and a a bit more about their personalities?
0: Yes. Um, I think a lot of people think that Macayo is always this very crazy, wild, extroverted, playful horse. (laughs) Because that's often what I show in the videos on Instagram. Um, but he's actually very, he's more introverted than extroverted. Huh. He's very, um, he's extremely sweet and and cuddly and everything. But I think he, he's also, he really wants to do things right. Because he really wants to do things right for me. He really wants to give me what I'm looking for. And that also makes him a bit nervous or anxious sometimes because he just puts a lot of pressure on on himself Mm -hmm. uh, to try to give me what I ask for. And that's just his nature. It's not because of of treats or scratches or anything. That's just who he is. I think a lot of Spanish horses have that actually.
1: Yes. Um,
0: So it's always a bit of a puzzle with him to find the balance between rest, because I think rest and relaxation are very important. For me, those are the basic things. If we don't have that, then... I don't want to have play and everything because I always want to go back to that. Um, A balance between finding that and then play and and more extroverted things. He's very, very smart. He's he's a lot smarter than I am. He always outsmarts me (laughs) with many things. Um, He always makes me laugh because he has a huge personality and he has a very strong opinion about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And he's, he always shares that with me. He's not a horse that just does it because you ask it, you really have to earn it, which makes it um, sometimes very challenging, but I love that challenge. Um, and he also makes me learn a lot. So that's, um, that's him in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And Elone is completely different. Um, also because he's five and yeah, he's almost six, but when I got him, he already had four different owners. So I'm his fifth owner. Wow. Um, and for such a young horse, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I got him because his previous owner sold him because she said he was, he's way too strong in the mouth and I cannot handle him. And all he wants to do is canter around like a lunatic. Um. I was like, okay, I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> mind of stories you know I'll see myself um but when you buy a horse then with that already has had a lot of training you don't really know what you get yourself into because you don't see the actual horse that you get eventually you just uh-huh. see like the outside but then the personality is is gone because it's just lost <laughs> in all the training um so I got him Uh, mainly because I just thought he was pretty, because other than that, I couldn't really (laughs) say anything about his personality. And then we had like no connection for so long. He was like the most independent, yeah, independent, but he was also trained to be very obedient. So whatever I asked him, he just did it, but there was no connection. He just did it because he was worried about what would happen if he didn't do it. But he didn't do it because we had a connection or because um, he wanted to do it for me. It was just like having a robot. Mm. Um, And that's not at all what I look for. So it took a very long time to break through that shell and to get to know the actual horse. And it's only been a few months that he's showing more of himself. Like he's getting very curious now. Also very cheeky. Yes. (laughs) because He's like, he really wants to play and interact, but he doesn't really know yet how to. I can also see yeah. that with Macayo that he's a bit confused about horse language because, yeah, he was oh, he's still a stallion, and I think he had a, a separated life uh, from birth, like no interaction with other horses. Wow! Um, and so he when he wants to play with me or, or when he wants attention, he's he's nipping in my clothes and pulling on my pants and going hello. <laughs> Um, But I really love that he's, he's opening up now and he's interacting and he's actually more extroverted than Makayo is. Like his nature is more like that. Ah. Yeah, it's, um, they look like they look very different than what they, they, they are. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bit hard to explain. But of course, I don't share the moments on Instagram where I spend 30 minutes with Makayo doing absolutely nothing or going very slow. And then, you know, you always share a bit of the, the more interesting things. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and for me, that's also the the fails because, yeah, that just happens. <laughs> with horses, things can <laughs> go wrong and everybody learns and it's good. But, um, yeah, so Macayo is this very clown-like, but still shy, um, super sensitive, smart horse. And Elenay is the more, he's like, um, he's, he's very sweet. He has a very gentle soul. He's also very smart. Um, very and very
1: mindful. beautiful. Very beautiful.
0: Yes, <laughs> He's also very cool. And when I ride them, Makayo is like, dun, 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 and he really wants to go and he wants to move and he has this big movement and I've never ridden a horse like that. So <laughs> I'm still <laughs> trying to learn how to ride him properly.
1: <laughs> how fun though. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have two completely different horses, which is awesome.
1: <laughs> that is perfect and it's so nice when they do start to come out of their shell especially if they've had some trauma or even abuse in the past it's just so nice when you get those little kind of glitches of their cheeky personality coming out I find that so rewarding
0: yes it really is I really love it and I really love it when they really want to engage and communicate instead of just standing there and saying okay just give me an order because that's <laughs> That's yeah. not what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like they have this moment of realization where they're like, "Oh, you're different to the other humans."
0: <laughs> yes. And it it you know, it's different from every horse how long it takes mm-hmm. before they really show who they really are. Sometimes it takes a few months, sometimes it takes a week, but it can also take years, it just depends on everything they've already been through. Yeah. Um and and their innate personality.
1: Mm. Yes, so true. So I have seen lots of different videos of you on Instagram over the years, and it looks like you keep things very varied. But what would you say is your favorite thing to do with your horses? Um, I have two favorite
0: things. One is doing nothing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I really love spending undemanding time with them um, because it just makes the bond so much stronger. If mm. you don't always come there with the halter and now we're going to do stuff, it just changes the whole vibe. So I really love to just sit there with them, spend time with them, cuddle them, lay on the floor, do nothing with them. <laughs> um, and the other thing, well, there's actually three things that I really like. The other thing is um, hacking out, which mm. is something I don't do yet because I have Two young, unexperienced horses that (laughs) need a a little bit of basic riding training first before we can go out. Um, And also because I have two, it's it's very difficult because I don't want to. I don't like to leave one alone. I know it is possible and trainable and everything, but I just it doesn't really feel good for me Mm. because they've been alone like their entire life, and now they finally have someone. Yeah, (laughs) it just feels it's difficult for me to separate them so uh yeah i would need to bring the both of them and i'm not going to do my first trail ride with one horse in hand while i ride the other one Mm. so i need to figure that out how i'm going to do that but you know eventually yeah eventually we will hack out and the other thing that i really love is liberty that's my favorite thing to do (laughs) it always makes me very happy
1: (laughs) yes So, doing nothing, hacking out, and liberty training. Yes. Yes, I love doing all of those things as well. And I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) um, You have a really nice energy. And I think that's portrayed through your Instagram, but also just talking to you here on the podcast. Do you have a mantra that you like to live by or some kind of guiding philosophy in your life?
0: um well it's something that i'm still learning actually because i'm very aware of the things that i like to change myself the thing that i really want to do um and that i'm really working on is to appreciate everything you have now and really enjoy the day like today as it is i'm a person i'm trying to be less of that person but i'm still a person that always thinks about the future um and in this year and this year and i want to do that and i want to achieve that and i want to but it also makes me forget a little bit to really enjoy every moment mm-hmm. so that's something that i'm that i really want to do more um but i have to remind myself because this this future thing really is a pattern <laughs> inside my brain um but i want to do more of that and also just to be you i mean for a long time, uh, especially when I first started with Borelli and everything, I really looked up to so many people and I just wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted my horse to be like that horse and I wanted to look the same. And But everybody is so different. Every person is different. Every horse is different. Um, and I think you should really just enjoy that like who you are who your horse is and who you can be together and it's maybe it's something completely different than you thought it would be but you know it's you and that's perfect
1: yes yes because that, you're never you're never going to be someone else even though you can get inspiration from other people and admire other people you will never be them so you may as no. well accept yourself and embrace who you are now <laughs> exactly <laughs> That's really beautiful. So it sounds like you're working on being more grateful and also you're you're just embracing being yourself.
0: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: Okay, so we're getting towards the more controversial side of the questions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of do know your view a little bit from what you've already posted on social media, but for our listeners, let's go through all of them. So do you compete or have any ambitions of competitive riding with horses and why or why not? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs)
0: definitely not because um it has nothing to do with the competition world but i just cannot deal with that kind of pressure um and i know it's something you know people will tell me but you can learn it to just go out there and do it and you will get better but my horses don't deserve that version of me because when i'm doing something like that i just become a a different person i just lose myself i just i'm so focused on everybody who's watching yeah. Um, and focused on the judgment and everything that I just completely lose who I am and then my horses really don't deserve that person so to protect them and myself <laughs> yeah. from those situations um, I don't think I mean never say never but I don't really see myself doing any kind of competition so That's no
1: <laughs> fair enough and it looks like you're pretty happy doing your training at home and you know eventually hacking out and that sort of thing so yes yeah. Definitely. Yeah, And if that's what makes you happy, then there's no need to compete then really, is there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of happiness, what do you think makes a happy horse?
0: Um, well, every horse should have their basic needs, which is having friends, having freedom and having forage. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from the training, like whatever training you do, the horse just needs to have his basic needs. Otherwise, He's going to develop some sort of problems whether it's physical or mental or um, yeah so a happy horse is a horse that has space with friends that can run and play and feel safe and comfortable and has food available uh, without having to fight for it Mm -hmm. and then training wise um, you know it can be many training methods but I think the most important thing is that your intentions are really good that you really learn about how a horse feels and interacts and everything as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, give it your best and have fun. I think a happy human also means uh, a happy horse in many cases, if you're truly happy.
1: I like that. Give it your best and have fun. And a happy human makes a happy horse. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, in many, not in not in every case, but yeah, no. in many, Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That's so cool. Okay, and how would you summarize your own personal training approach or philosophy with horses?
0: Um, it's basically the same. I, I aim to always have fun, um, yeah. but to also I also aim that the horses have fun. I mean, it, it, it goes hand in hand. Usually when I have fun, they have fun, and the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be as soft as I can be um that's one of the things that I don't use anymore from the Borelli program the escalating pressure Mm. I just everything that I introduce that is new I just build it up in very very tiny steps so I don't need a lot of pressure for them to understand my question I just make it that small that it's very easy for them to succeed so um I think that's one of my basic principles to just break down everything into like tiny, tiny steps, make them feel successful for every tiny achievement. Um, And it just, that just motivates them because when you feel proud and happy, like, oh my God, you really get it. It just, they, they start to act like that as well. It's just, it's like contagious. (laughs) They go, um, it just, it's, it's just a way of motivating them. Yeah, and I'm all I'm always very patient and and sweet and loving and kind. Um, however, I'm also when, for instance, we go out for walks, I do have my rules and my boundaries. I mean, you cannot step on my toes, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> uh, pull me around if you want to have grass. Uh, you can you can just run and buck and do everything, but you cannot buck or kick in my direction. So I have my basic rules to keep myself safe because they're still heavy, big animals and strong and everything. Yeah. But other than that, I'm very, um, yeah, I'm very open to their ideas. And I always try to be as soft and and sweet and gentle as I can be.
1: Yes. I think it's good that you mentioned that you still have some healthy boundaries in place because I think a lot of people can look on social media and think, oh, you know, I, I, I can't ever tell my horse no. And it's like, well, you need to keep yourself safe as well. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think it's good that you mentioned that. But also, like you say, staying patient, sweet, kind-hearted kind hearted, and, you know, as soft as possible. So that's really beautiful. Yeah. And um, you've mentioned using positive reinforcement. Um, can you tell us your thoughts on positive and negative reinforcement and combined reinforcement and that whole space?
0: Um, yeah, I think for me personally, they both have... Um, a big they, they both are a big part of my training mm-hmm. um I think it's very awesome if you can train your horse only with positive reinforcement I just don't really see how <laughs> <laughs> because for me like everything you ask your horse even if it's just with your energy or your body language is a form of of pressure yeah um that's always a bit of the difficult thing for me if someone says I only train my horse with positive reinforcement but if you squeeze your leg to ask your horse to go forwards for me that's Pressure. Um, so to try to take out the pressure completely, I, I don't see how it's possible. I also don't think that it is um, that you, you need to, <laughs> yeah. because they really understand pressure very well. It's just the way you deal with it that makes it that makes or breaks them. Mm-hmm. If you use pressure in a way, um, like I said, for instance, if you build up things very slowly, if you break everything into tiny steps, you don't need a lot of pressure. To to get them to understand something. But it is clear. I mean, you don't leave them guessing forever what they have to do, because that's also something that I don't really like. It creates stress, even if you don't use pressure. If you ask your horse something, but he has no clue what to do and you don't really give him any guidance, Mm. it creates a form of like stress and anxiety. Like, what do I have to do? Just tell me. (laughs) Yes. So I think um, they both have their their good and their bad sides, depending on how you use them. Um, And for me, um, the amount of positive or negative reinforcement I use also depends on the horse and the situation and what they've been to. And I think the the main thing with those is not to get stuck in them, to just feel your horse and just flow with them. And this time you use positive reinforcement and the other time you use negative reinforcement, if you really, if you're in tune with your horse, you will feel what they need, um, and it will come like from your heart. And I think that's the most important thing because if you get stuck in your head, if you're like, "I want to do this, but I I should only use positive uh, reinforcement," I don't know how, and it, you just make it really difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, I think with the two of them being open-minded and just using them however you feel fit in that situation. I think you can never go wrong with that. Of course, you have to understand the horse and his language and everything. And I would never use, yeah, insane pressure or you know pain and and force and those things. I would never use those. And I know they're also a part of negative reinforcement, but that part is not a part <laughs> that I support. Um, but if you don't use pain, if you don't use force, if you don't use fear as motivators, I think. Um, it doesn't really matter what kind of reinforcement you use, you just use like happy reinforcement.
1: <laughs> yes, I like that. You, you can have your own uh, own type of reinforcement, just call it happy reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like your, your whole views on that. It's very balanced, I feel, because, yeah, a lot of people are extremely like one sided. Um, but I like how you've kind of taken the best of both worlds there and, and explained that. And I agree with what you're saying with the whole, like um, some people say that they only use positive re- reinforcement, but sometimes just a human's presence can be pressure. And also with riding, you're physically on yeah. them. So that is physical pressure on their back. Like if you move slightly in one direction, they're gonna feel that. That's a type of pressure. So yeah, I always found that interesting myself. Um yeah. So you've mentioned a few things that you've used in the past that you don't use now, but can you tell us what is something you once did with horses that you now no longer do and why is that?
0: Um, I think the main thing, well, I was very direct line when I started my journey because I really wanted to achieve the Pirelli levels um, and I really wanted to reach big things and I put a lot of pressure on myself which in one way was good because I learned a lot because of that. Mm -hmm. But it also made me um, not enjoy like every day because I was so focused on my goals and my dreams. And I have to really get there that I sort of I didn't enjoy every step of the journey. Um, And that is something that I no longer do. I really appreciate every step of the journey now. And with the training, it's mainly like the biggest difference for me is the is the escalating pressure because it was like my entire training was basically based around that, Um, and it never made me feel good. (laughs) But I was just like everybody in that world was just telling me uh, this is how it works, and it did work. I mean, it was very effective. It was very effective to make the right thing easy and 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 yeah, the wrong thing very difficult. Mm -hmm. It really got the results, but um it just for me it just gave it didn't really give the horse a choice because if the right thing is easy and the wrong thing is very difficult then what really is the choice I mean the only thing they can choose is to do the right thing uh because the other thing is going to be very complicated but it doesn't really feel like they really want to do it Mm. so that's something I took out of my um out of my training as well for instance when i started liberty and when my horse would leave me at liberty i was thought okay now you just go tell the horse okay you can go but you have to go really fast and canter and do everything huh? so they think okay staying with the human is a lot more easy and comfortable mm. um and, it, and i mean it worked amazing i had an amazing liberty with najib it was it was really great but over the years i just thought Yeah, but that's not really, really a choice. I mean, it seems like a choice, but it really isn't. So now when they leave me at liberty, I just go, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Depending on the day and how they leave, sometimes I just leave them. Sometimes I just try to pick them up again. Sometimes I wait. Sometimes I just think, okay, today is not the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes it more difficult for me. But it just feels like whenever they, they, they really give their all at liberty, it's like, it's true it's really coming because they want to do it and not because the alternative is not so nice
1: <laughs> yes it's like genuine play rather than obedience if you know what I mean yeah yeah it's exactly. kind of like you can't force a child to play with you right they're either into it or they're not it's kind yeah. of like that <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's 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 pretty much the same yeah
1: yeah and and kids are very good at picking up intention as well. So, you know, if, if, if you want to give them some medicine, say, I mean, I'm not even a parent yet, but like I've, I've got friends with kids and, you know, if you want to give them some medicine, they can tell when it's like not going to taste good, if you know what I mean, before you yes. even next to them. So I feel like horses are the yeah. same. They can really pick up on your direct line energy sometimes. And, yeah, so it's, it's all good feedback, though, if they do leave you.
0: Yeah. And, and when I, I used to get frustrated about that, you know, when they left me, I was like, I did something wrong and I would really take it personal. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, you know, they also feel that they feel that energy and they, they feel those intentions. So now whenever they leave me or whenever they do something, I didn't ask, I just go, okay, that's perfect. You're perfect. Um, it's all fine. It's all good. Like everything you do is good. I just have to try to find a different way to ask you something for instance, or I just have to uh, set things up differently, or I just so I try to find a solution that works for both of us, but without feeling without feeling like bad about myself that my horse left me at liberty, or without feeling the pressure. Okay, you you need to get back now. <laughs> and I, I I used to really have that. I was really um, yeah goal focused. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of happy that I no longer am because uh, it's a lot more relaxed this way. <laughs>
1: And it's almost like you can just take a deep breath and just let all that expectation go, which would be kind of freeing in a way.
0: Yes, it really is. Um, It really is. And, And that's why I also don't mind sharing things that go wrong on my Instagram because it just happens. You know, we all have those days and we all have those moments and we all fall off and we all... Uh, lose our horses at liberty and everything it's just part of the part of the process and I think not getting upset or worried or anything about it just just makes it a good thing it's just yeah like you say it's just freeing
1: yes and I love how you are trying to normalize that on social media because not many people do post you know the things that go wrong
0: so yeah I think that's uh, the social pressure that comes with everybody just wants to look good and you know especially I can understand if you're a teacher or if you have a platform that makes you money and everything that you don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. share <laughs> exactly. as well. It's just a different kind of, yeah, it's, then it's a business. I'm just a personal account, And, you know, I don't teach, I'm not a trainer. I don't have any admissions to be a trainer or anything. So yeah, I'm just a human that enjoys the time with horses and if things go wrong then yeah, things go wrong, it happens.
1: <laughs> I bet you get a lot of requests for teaching though. Uh, yeah, I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also get a lot of working student requests. Um, yes. Which, I mean, it's very sweet. But like I said, my day is basically I go to the gym and I work behind my laptop all day. And then I spend some time with my horses. So I don't I don't even have the setup or anything for a working student. Because what would I do during <laughs> <Like, Yeah. laughs> my entire workday? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, it's not like you can get them doing um marketing with you during the day.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that's a different kind of work, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so going back to the controversial side of things, what are your thoughts on the bits versus bitless debate?
0: Oh, the endless debate. I know. <laughs> uh, I've changed my opinion like 40 times, I think. <laughs> I went from just being a a writer with bit and everything. Then I was like the extreme anti bit. I'm never going to touch a bit ever again in my life. Mm -hmm. Then I went to, because I got more into the finesse part of Pirelli and I was like, okay, you know, maybe if you have all your basic communications on your, your seat or your energy or your voice or whatever, and you don't need a bit, but you want to use it for refinement. um, Sure. And I kind of got stuck in that um i don't use a bit personally myself because i just don't see why i would i mean my horses are going fine without one i would never say say i will never use one because who knows what the future brings but i'm not uh, like anti-bit or very against bits i think if you don't use it as a as a device of pain or as a form of control um I think a bit is, can be very helpful for refinement in a more advanced stage of your training. Mm -hmm. If you want to do more complicated things, I I never got to that level. So for me, it's like, um, I see other people do it and I see how a bit can work for other people and other horses. And I see the horses are happy going around with a bit. So I'm not against using it at all. I just don't like horses being started right away with bits. I don't like Um, having an insane amount of pressure or going with like crazy bits or double bridles or all the other things that are being sold. Um, Yeah, those are not my things. But if you have your basic communication skills with your horse and you just feel like you're going to the next level um, and you need more refined communication then go ahead. I think I saw it on a clinic once that they put the reins, they attach the reins to the bit with like these these hair ties for horses. I don't know what the, what you call them. But when you braid the mane and you put like this little rubber thingy on. Yeah, yep, rubber band. Like the thing. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Long explanation versus your word. The rubber band. They attach the, the, the reins to the bit through that rubber band. And as soon as it would break, it would mean that you use too much pressure.
1: Ooh, that and would think be a good that, challenge. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think uh, and I saw it and I really liked it because, you know, if you if you use it for refinement, you're not going to use it to stop or to to go left or right or anything. You just want to have a very soft connection with the horse's body through the mouth.
1: Yes. Um,
0: So, yeah, I think uh, it can have its place, but it's um, there's not many people that I see around that I see writing with a bit that make me happy. Like in most cases, I just think, oh, gosh, no, (laughs) please don't. But, you know, it's the same with with every tool. If you don't want to use a bit and you have a -a hackamore and you just keep yanking the reins um, or you keep yanking the neck rope or whatever. In the end, the tool is it's just as hard as you or as soft as you want it to be. Um, and you can be awful with basically everything and you can be gentle with not everything, but with many things as well. So it's just, um, it's it's really a cliche, but it really is the hands and the intention and the energy of the rider in the end.
1: Mm, yes, absolutely. And before when you were talking about like double bridles, I've never really understood why it's necessary to have two bits in a mouth. No, me neither.
0: (laughs) Especially not, I mean, you would think that if you go to higher levels, you would need less aids instead of more. (laughs) Yeah. makes very little sense to me.
1: Yes, it doesn't make sense. And I feel like I'm kind of following in your footsteps with the whole back and forth. Like, yes, I'm bidless, and then next week I'm back in the bits. Like, it's just a roller roller coaster. (laughs) Um, And I know...
0: um, I know people that that have tried their horse bitless for ages and it just and they really tried and it's not people that that have no clue i mean they they really know what they're doing but mm-hmm. their horse was just happier with the bit because they don't like the pressure on the nose for instance yeah. um then you know just listen to your horse if your horse is is clearly happier with like a snaffle bit then use that um instead of just trying to push your thoughts on your horse it's just different for every horse
1: absolutely so, yeah yeah, listen to your horse. That's good advice. Yes. <laughs> what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making with horses?
0: Uh, trying them or, or starting them too early. <laughs> That's one of the things that I that I get a bit upset about because especially in Spain, it's common to start to ride two-year-olds, two-and-a-half-year-olds, and by the time they're like three or three-and-a-half, they're doing canter pirouettes on on a oh, very wow. solid ground, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, um, but it's it's tradition. It's always done this way, so that's why we do it. It's very hard to break that pattern. Um, that's a very logical think,
1: reason, Nikki. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's very uh, yeah, and it also it also shuts down the discussion right away. <laughs> it doesn't give any opening to continue the conversation. Yeah, um, that. Like, Starting your horse with training, like right after you move to a new place, that's also a a thing that I think is a big mistake of many people. They move their horse to a different place or they buy a new horse. And then the next day they're riding in an indoor arena with six other horses. And then they're surprised that the horse goes bananas. (laughs) Um, Listening to, this is a difficult one, but you really have to find your people that you can trust and that you th- take advice from because there are like many trainers and many coaches and many people who think they know everything. Nobody knows everything. <laughs> There's always a lie. Everybody has things to learn. Um, and they just give advice Like if your horse doesn't listen, just uh, put him on a heavier bit, for instance. So you really have to make sure to find the right people to listen to and don't just listen to one person because everybody else does or don't listen to a trainer because he has a high level dressage or whatever, but really try to figure out, okay, why does this trainer do this and why does it work and how does the horse feel and really dive into that why before you start following someone's instructions always be very critical about that mm-hmm. um and yeah just like be be yourself I know many people get a horse because they want to do um for instance they buy a horse because they want to reach some level dressage whatever or some level eventing or jumping or whatever it may be um, but that maybe that discipline doesn't fit the horse at all and trying to force that on a horse pff, that just gets you in a lot of trouble so I know it's really hard but if you want to do dressage and you have a horse that really goes like uh, <laughs> really, not, really don't want to do this I think a lot of people like the mistake they make is just they just kind of push the horse harder and harder and harder and just force him into that direction. And even though I'm not a fan of like buying and selling horses, I think in that case, the horse would be better off with the person that fits what the horse wants to do mm. um, than, you know, trying to force your way onto a horse that clearly is unhappy
1: with what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then
0: it was a bit of a a ramble.
1: (laughs) That's okay. And also, yeah, people that might buy a horse like a thoroughbred off the track, but they want to, you know, a horse that's just going to plod along in the forest. And it's like, hmm, that horse is probably going to enjoy playing around a little bit more.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's really like, I know that a lot of people pick a horse's breed because of how they look, but I think you should really pick a breed of what they I mean they're all different within the breed yeah. as well but uh, what really suits their like their nature or what they're bred to do yeah instead of just going for the looks
1: yeah that's not to say you know we can't have a thoroughbred who enjoys hacking out but sometimes oh, I of course think, not. yeah i just feel like sometimes people could be better matched with better horse well more suitable horses
0: yeah, I think it would save a lot of uh, tears and, and yeah. pain and frustration and anger and everything. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. And this next question is along the same lines, but um, hoping you can give us a good answer again. What is something that you believe is true that a lot of horse people disagree with? Oh, many things. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably some oh, of the yes. things you just mentioned, but have you got a
0: different one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think... Um, I think many people think it's true that the horse is testing the human. Um, he's just trying to get away with it. He's just he's just trying to buck you off and then you know if you don't get on or if you change something, he has won. you know that kind of very old <laughs> way of thinking mm. is still very common. Um, sometimes I forget how common it is, but then I go on, on a random Facebook page and I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many people <laughs> think like that. Um, horses don't do those things. They don't, yeah. they don't test you. They don't do things on purpose. Like, I'm going to throw her off here because um, for whatever reason. I mean, there's always a reason why they do things. And the reason is never just to f- mess with you. Ooh, I had to find yeah. a nicer word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I think that's one of the, the things that many people many people still think that but I really don't agree with that and the same with starting horses too young um and just locking them up in stables and putting shoes still shoes on them and whatnot I think I go against 90 percent of what's common <laughs> yeah mm. so yeah there's many things I uh I I, I think differently about
1: yes maybe one day the way that you and i and lots of others that um, we've connected with on instagram maybe the way that we think about things will be more mainstream who knows
0: i think uh, eventually it will just like more and more people are becoming vegetarian or vegan or plant-based or whatever that group is getting bigger and bigger i think with that also the empathy for animals is growing and just um just accepting that they that they have feelings, you know, and that they have a soul and, and a heart and a body and that they're more sensitive than we are. And I think um, eventually that will be the way. It will take a while, but we will get there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe, hopefully, in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so on another note, what horse-related purchase has most positively impacted your life in the last 12 months?
0: Oh, my saddle, definitely yes Um, it's beautiful oh my god I've always had so much saddle struggles back in Holland because I didn't know about this brand yet that I have now um and I went to the saddle fitter every year and then I got a different saddle and I think I had like 15 saddles uh, over my five years with my three horses oh wow such a pain in the ass because it's so so important to have um a saddle that fits and that fits when your horse is a bit fatter or when he's a bit more muscular or you Mm -hmm. know when he changes shape and everything yeah um and this one i can just change it whenever my horse changes shape i just can change the entire tree of the saddle and i'm i'm really happy with it so what's the brand of the saddle uh doiber und partner it's german German brand Um, and yeah, I'm, it was like, it cost me a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> it still hurts me when I think about it. But um, yeah, it was definitely my best purchase because now I can just have one saddle for many years.
1: <laughs> mm, yes, it's so nice when you finally find a saddle that fits and that's changeable and that's comfortable and that looks good. <laughs> it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Yes,
0: a few it's very have, different.
1: A few people have answered that their saddle has been the best purchase. Um, in, in response to that question so obviously we all value good saddles <laughs> yeah.
0: which is very good because a lot of people don't and of uh, gosh all the problems that can come with that <laughs>
1: yes exactly and if you could have dinner with any three horse people dead or alive who would it be and why and what would you ask them this was a really
0: interesting question it took me forever to find an answer i'm still not sure <laughs> okay. um, But what I would like to see is a discussion between Buck Brenneman, Mm -hmm. Alexander Nefsorov and Marek Rashid. Um, They all have very different ideas about their methods and philosophy. And they all have things that I really like and things that I don't like as much. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see the three of them having a discussion with each other. So I'm not going to ask them anything. I just want them to share their (laughs) points of views with each other because they're all like very skilled horsemen yes in their own in their own way they all have their own way and i really want to see them explain their way to each other and why they think their way is better or you know whatever yeah i think that would be a very interesting discussion i would just sit there and
1: relax a bit of healthy debate, perhaps, between those three. I've heard of Buck, but I haven't heard of the other two. Can you tell us a little bit about each of them?
0: Um, yeah, Mark Rashid, I, I read some of his books and the thing with him is that I really love his, I think he's a really good horseman, but somehow he can't really explain to me why it works he does (laughs) it's always been a bit of an untouchable thing for me when i read it i go this makes so much sense but then when i'm with my horses i'm like yeah you're just a natural talent because this is not mm, for me it's not how it goes yeah um alexander nevsov is a bit of the same um he has a training based on a lot of energy but also a lot of play and a lot of accepting the horse for who he is and wanting to make them feel very strong and powerful. And I was very, very, very impressed with his training at first, but then I learned from other people who've been his working student that in order to get a relationship with the horse that strong in that short of time, he takes them out of the herd and separates the horse during the training process. So the only one he can connect with is him. Right. Um, and that's something I just don't agree with. But I would love to see him discuss that with the other two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to explain why he thinks that's a better way and to see the others interact and tell him ma- that maybe it's not. And there's different ways to achieve that. Um, I, th- I just think it can be very interesting or it will end up in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Because it's three okay. men and I think they all three have a strong ego. So, um, yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: but I would love to see that yeah that would be super interesting I'm always intrigued as to what people answer to that one now if you could turn back the time and talk to yourself 10 years ago what would you tell yourself
0: oh to just relax and enjoy life and don't take everything so freaking seriously
1: (laughs) (laughs) which uh, you're still working on
0: a little bit uh yeah I'm still working on that but it's it's become a lot better than it was
1: yeah
0: okay. um, I think that that's just the overall thing I mean in the end all you have is today you never know what's going to happen tomorrow um, and I'm a yeah still a big worrier I can worry about something that will probably never happen mm. and it just it, it just takes up so much of your energy and it's just a waste of time and energy and everything that you can just put into something positive So uh, I would tell myself that like 10 years ago, but also still today.
1: (laughs) Yes. Mm. It's a never-ending journey in self-development and horsemanship.
0: (laughs) Definitely.
1: And do you have any favorite horse books?
0: Um, No, I don't.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: Because um, it's the same with the Mark Rashid book. I really, I like to read books but it never really touches me in a way because I can't see what happens. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, words are very amazing and awesome mm. and they can sound like brilliant, but yeah. I really want to see how. Mm. Um, so I'm like, books don't really do a lot for me.
1: Yeah. I feel like you're a very kinesthetic person. I don't know if that's even a word where you are either, but like you need to feel things and do things yes. to learn. Yeah yeah exactly I don't really
0: learn a lot through I mean you do learn through reading of course but I really have to feel it and experience it to to make it make sense
1: yeah that makes sense yeah um so then how are you continuing to learn about horses I suppose we spoke earlier about your horses being your mentors but is there anything that you're kind of studying or looking into at the moment have you have you looked into anything else
0: well, um, what I would really like to learn, but it's also something that I would I would like to learn from an instructor, not online or anything. Mm-hmm. But I would really like to learn more about uh, biomechanics and everything, mm-hmm. and also how to use dressage in a way to develop a horse in a healthy way, so to get the, like all them build the muscles right and everything. Yes. Because I know, I think I know a few things about like how they think and feel, and but I really don't know a lot about their bodies. So um, yeah. how it works and how they can move better and healthier and how, can, how they can become stronger and you know, better in carrying me, um, I'm really still in the basics with that. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard for me to find, uh, especially here in Spain, an instructor that fits me and my way with horses. Um, yeah. but that can still teach me many things about that. So, that's an ongoing journey, but hopefully eventually I will find that person. <laughs> um, and until then, I just try to, you know, read about it online and everything. But it's just I really need with these new things. I just need someone by my side who mm. who can correct me and who can really tell me, OK, you have to look for this and this in this specific course. Yes. So,
1: yeah. What is that saying? It goes something like um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, so probably
0: <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it'll happen in good time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well I have I mean they're still very young, so we're still doing very basic stuff and I we're not ready for that until they're at least eight. So I mean yeah. I mean the teacher can appear now,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> if the teacher has waited. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if your horses could talk with words, what do you think they would say to you and what would you like to say to them?
0: I think Makaya would just tell me, uh, you can scratch me more. <laughs> <laughs> and here and here, please. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Eliné would say, oof, this is a difficult one. Mm. I think he would just say, play with me, but play with me in a way that I understand. And the way that he plays is not something that I really understand yet. So I would tell him, I will learn eventually, but give me a bit more time. Yes. And I I also think that they would tell me, and I I know this is a sensitive thing, but I think they would tell me they need more friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow. That's interesting. Mm Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's the two of them and they're very different. Um, yes. They're very good together and I'm very happy with how they are and I mean it's, it's already a huge change from how they used to live because now they have each other yeah. but I can really see that Elune needs another horse to really play with and run with and go crazy with because Macayo just isn't that horse and Macayo on the other hand needs a horse to groom with and relax with and mm. just hang out because Elune doesn't understand the grooming part it just makes him so confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What is this? What are we doing here? Yeah. What are you
0: doing? What are, what? are you biting me now? Do I bite you back?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um and then I would tell them, "You never know what the future brings, but not now." <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, well, I would love to have two more horses.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to, I don't want to do livery and everything because that would just mean horses in and out and you know how it goes. So um, if they, if they have two more horse friends, it would be my horses. Um, Mm -hmm. But right now I'm not ready
1: for that, but you know, maybe any
0: year or two or we'll see how it goes.
1: That would be nice. And speaking of the future, what is next for you and where do you see yourself in 10 years time what is your ultimate goal with horses? I know you're not so much goal-orientated anymore, but you must have a dream in there somewhere.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely have a dream. I have the same dream that I had when I, when I bought my Jeep in Holland. Um, for both, it's the bareback and bridleless beach canter because that just makes me <clears throat> feel super free. It's like the ultimate feeling of freedom for me. Yes. Um, to have my eyes closed and just sit on the horse and go full speed and have all the trust and confidence and just feel like a team going through that experience um i don't think like in 10 years especially now with this whole pandemic going on (laughs) i i have no idea what the future brings yeah um so we'll just see however how that happens but yeah my ultimate dream is to have um, a nice farm with a lot of land four horses four boys <laughs> yes i think two stallions and two geldings yes um, i don't want to have three stallions and one gelding because poor macayo i think, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you need a gelding <laughs> yeah um, and just yeah go on trail rides and just have fun i just want to continue to have fun and just learn new things and have new experiences and i would love to eventually meet a like-minded person um close to me like close enough so we can hack out together you know those things go on adventures together but um yeah just uh yeah a horsey dream but i don't know what my life will be like in 10 years we'll see (laughs) Yeah.
1: Maybe you could teach your boyfriend how to ride.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going through that process. Oh. <laughs> but the thing is that he is from Argentina um, and he, he used to ride a little bit in Argentina, but the Argentinian style, which is like the exact opposite of my style.
1: Ah, okay. <laughs> so,
0: he always uses this excuse like, yeah, but I don't understand your way. I don't understand how to use my energy and body language. I just want to smack the horse to go and then pull oh, no. the reins. <laughs> so it's, uh, we're in that process, but it's taking um, it's going to
1: take a while. <laughs> yes. Okay. I hear you. <laughs> and before we wrap up, what is the one message that you would like our listeners to hear or take away from today's podcast?
0: Um, trust yourself and just compare yourself and your horse with like you and your horse yesterday and not with someone else because it's very it's a huge trap especially with social media to follow someone oh and that person also has their horse for one year and they can already do this and this and and they can already whatever it is Um, but every horse and every person person and every journey is completely different so You know, you can get inspiration and motivation and everything online, but don't compare yourself and your horse to someone else's journey because it's just crazy different for everybody. Um, And really enjoy yours, the one you're on and every little step in whatever direction it
1: is. Mm, That's really beautiful and so wise, but very hard to implement these days with social media. But I... I definitely think that our listeners are going to get a whole lot of positivity and wisdom and just so much out of today's chat. I really enjoyed it. So where can our guests find out more about you?
0: Um, Well, the only platform I'm on is Instagram and it's at Nikki's Horsemanship. Um, And that's it. I don't have anything
1: else. (laughs) That's nice and simple and easy. I'll put a link to your Instagram in the show notes for this podcast as well. And that brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you so much. Um, I think I I I told you um, a little while ago, as soon as I started this podcast, one of the first names I wrote down was yours because I was like, I can't wait to talk to Nikki. So yeah, (laughs) I really appreciate that you said yes and for answering all these questions brilliantly today. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And the time went by crazy fast. It did go so
1: fast, didn't it? I thought we were going to talk. We did. We've spoken for over an hour and 20 minutes. so. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, thank you again.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions from today's show, suggestions for future episodes, or just want to reach out and say hi, I would love to connect with you on Instagram at amalia underscore Remember to also register for my free connection and communication mini course at amaliadempsey.com.